Hello and welcome to Meiwei's Chinese Medicine Matters podcast, where we share traditional Chinese medicine news, research, and topics relevant to TCM practitioners and students. I'm Lauren Koffel, and in honor of Pride Month, I am excited to be reading Katrina Hansen's article on inclusion in your practice. Katrina Hansen, LAC, is the creator of Prism Learning CEUs, which provides acupuncture CEUs focused on inclusive, innovative healthcare. She also consults with a variety of alternative medicine colleges on transgender medicine and creating LGBT inclusive schools. She studied public health at the Evergreen State College and trained as a healthcare educator before completing the Acupuncture and Integrative Medicine College's Masters of Science program, including an internship at UCSF Binoff's Mission Bay Children's Hospital and the San Francisco Homeless Prenatal Program. She specializes in LGBTQI wellness, surgical recovery, endometriosis and pelvic pain, sexual wellness and hormone regulation. Inclusion in your TCM practice. Why should you take steps to make your acupuncture practice LGBTQI inclusive? We all want to be welcoming to each patient who walks in the door, but why focus on one specific population? A great starting point for any practitioner is to listen to each patient's concerns and treat everyone with basic respect. And sometimes we need to go even beyond this to make our practice inclusive and welcoming to specific populations. Because LGBTQI patients are more likely to have had a negative experience with a previous healthcare provider. Anything from the patient being called by the wrong name to refusing them care unless they stop taking gender-affirming hormones. You can help repair your patient's trust in their healthcare provider by building a more inclusive practice. Of course, we all want to build reputations as caring, competent practitioners. Going beyond being routinely respectful to specific populations encourages patients' openness and honesty. This provides the crucial personal details that we need from our patients to treat them expertly and safely. Creating a respectful intake process can help us achieve this and will benefit our treatment outcomes. We don't always need to know the latest gender theory term to work with our patients. Just listen to your patient's primary reasons for seeking care and address it, regardless of what you've learned about their history during the interview. You won't engender your patient's trust if you treat what you have decided is important rather than listening to what is most important to them. Remember that neither gender identity or physical sex are black and white. Your legal sexual designation is decided based on what your genitals look like when you're born. However, this may not match your chromosomes, e.g. androgen insufficiency syndrome, your internal reproductive organs, e.g. vaginal angenesis, or your hormones or secondary sexual characteristics, e.g. Klinefelter syndrome. Being LGBTQI inclusive is not just about respecting identity, but actually about understanding the wide variation of human sexual physiology. There is a misconception that Chinese medicine is inherently binary because yin and yang are associated with female and male energy. 
But the basic principles of yin-yang theory states that while yin and yang are opposites, they are also interdependent and in a constant state of transformation of one into the other. The great thing about Chinese medicine is that we always work from a constitutional root. For example, this does not in any way counteract a trans patient's medical transition. It balances and keeps them aligned with their constitutions. Chinese herbal medicine and acupuncture have thousands of years of experience in dealing with hot flashes, vaginal dryness, menstrual spotting, and hair loss. Many of these treatments can also be applied to transgender care to ease side effects of hormone therapy, and to reduce recovery time and scarring after surgery. It is also important to remember that there are no specific LGBTQI disorders. LGBTQI patients come in for the same things other patients come in for. Pain, sleep, mental health, digestion, hormone support. However, they are often more likely than the general population to experience mental health symptoms like stress, anxiety, depression, and PTSD but we treat those conditions the same way we would for all our patients. The last thing we want is to act as if those symptoms are caused by their identity. We can treat these based on our patient's constitutions without even knowing about their LGBTQ identity. Many practitioners are concerned about the safety of hormone medications or increased risk of suicide or substance addiction. Every medication has potential side effects and every population is at risk for self-harm. These factors should be documented and are important considerations, but they should not be our primary focus while working with LGBTQI patients. Fighting to be who we are despite opposition, hatred, and violence, the amazing courage of our queer elders coming out and supporting each other at a time when it was unsafe to be gay, the tenacity of visibly gender non-conforming people everywhere, the grit of queer folks who lost the support of their families by coming out. These are the things that should be informing practitioners about this population, not just the red flags and health disparities. So when asking about sensitive subjects, consider your diagnostic goals. Do you need to know a patient's sex-related medical history for your treatment? Do you need to know their preferred name and pronouns to develop practitioner-patient rapport? This can help you decide how and what to ask. It is appropriate to ask what hormones they are taking and what gender-affirming surgeries they've had, just like we ask about other medications and surgical history. It is appropriate to ask whether they have had a uterus or ovaries if they are presenting with pelvic pain, Use your patient's time only to gather information relevant to their health goals. I would like to provide one clear manner by which we can affirm our patients and provide welcoming spaces, which is to provide gender-neutral bathrooms. When a bathroom is gender-neutral, everyone can use it without risking harassment. And it also can help to prevent UTIs caused by holding it until a safer restroom is available. Even if you only have one bathroom, changing the sign from the male-slash-female symbol to restroom or a picture of a toilet is more inclusive. If you have a shared space with multi-stall single-gendered restrooms, a simple way to work around this is to post a sign saying that everyone is welcome to use the restroom that fits their gender identity. 
This can also be a useful office policy if another patient complains about someone being in the quote-unquote wrong restroom. Even those of us who are part of the LGBTQI community have a lot to learn about being inclusive practitioners. A lot of us start out thinking that we know what our community needs because we're part of it. However, you can fall into a trap of serving only people like you with this thinking. This has been especially important as a cisgender person focusing on working with trans folks. I can't know from personal experience how best to serve that community, so I have to remain open to suggestions and criticism in order to be an effective provider. By remaining open, we can serve people who need our services the most. To summarize, carefully listen to your patient's concerns. Consider your intentions before you ask. Don't pathologize LGBTQI patients' health concerns. And be open to something you haven't considered before. This will make a more welcoming and effective healthcare experience for all. Thank you for tuning into this episode on inclusion in your practice which was written by licensed acupuncturist Katrina Hansen. You can find her original article linked in the episode description. And please subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support and to hear when our next episode comes out. In our upcoming episode, you will hear from licensed practitioner Rachel Blunk on a practitioner's perspective of IVF and queer couples. Until then, take good care of yourself and your patients. Chinese medicine matters, and so do you. Hi everyone, Lauren here again, wishing you a happy and healthy May. As many of you know, Chinese Medicine Matters is the podcast of Mayway Herbs, a TCM online store and dispensary where practitioners can ship directly to their patients. This month on Chinese Medicine Matters, we're focusing on women's health. We'll explore a wide array of topics related to women's health at different stages of life. So stay tuned for informative episodes you won't want to miss. And we're excited to offer a special discount on our Women's Health Formulas category the entire month of May. Practitioners use code WOMEN24 at checkout on Mayway.com to receive a 15% discount. And remember to sign up for the Mayway Herbs newsletter for exclusive content and ongoing promotions. The episode description includes a link to sign up. And thanks again for tuning in and supporting Real Chinese Medicine.